Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steer. My soul passed again this morning, Lord. My soul thirsts to know you, know you better and better again this morning. My soul thirsts to magnify you, magnify you as the ancient of days, magnify you as the almighty God, magnify you as the creator of the universe. My soul thirsts to worship you this morning, to call you Yahweh, my Lord and my King, to call you Alpha, Omega, beginning, end of all things. My soul thirsts to magnify you this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for the grace to come into your presence again. Thank you for the blessing of being able to call you Father. Thank you for the grace to be able to come. We give you all the praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask this morning that as we read your word, as we magnify your name, Lord, you will glorify it one more time. We ask, Lord, that the word will resonate in our hearts. Father, you will grant us wisdom and understanding and cause your name to be glorified one more time. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue our reading of the book of 2 Corinthians. Yesterday we stopped on 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So today we take the final, the final four chapters in 2 Corinthians. And so we take 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 11, 12, and 13. So a big thank you to everyone joining in. God bless you. God bless your thirst for his word. God bless your thirst to know him better and better. And I pray this morning that that thirst will be quenched in the mighty name of Jesus. You will know God for yourself. God will not be the God talked about by anyone, but he will become a God that you personally, you personally know and, and have encountered in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so let's progress. Remember, we have given ourselves this challenge to finish the New Testament. It was in three months, and in two months, we are already already uh, finishing the book of Second Corinthians. Someone has asked me, Pastor, are you sure we'll be able to go from Galatians to the end of the book of Revelation in less than 28, 27, 28 days? I said, yes, we can. Yes, we can this morning. All right, open your Bibles. Let's read Second Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. Paul defends his authority. Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ. Though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write from afar. Well, I am begging you now 
so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So the first thing you will notice about the way Paul talks about spiritual warfare, uh, the first warfare is the one in the mind. Yes, it's the one in the mind. And so he says that we use God's mighty weapons. So yes, there are weapons God has given to us that can be used to knock down, knock down strongholds. God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey to obey Christ. Immediately there, you see two strongholds, right? He says, we destroy every proud, pride is a stronghold. Every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, pride is an obstacle. He said, we capture their rebellious thoughts. Rebellion, rebellion against God can become a stronghold, a spiritual stronghold that needs to be dismantled dismantled we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ six and after you have become fully obedient we will punish everyone who remains disobedient (laughs) i remember we used to quote this scripture and quote it to mean that the bible says that when you are fully aligned yourself when you are fully obedient to the word of god That is what gives you the right to be able to punish. (laughs) Oh, reading the word of God out of context. (laughs) So that's not what Paul was saying there. Paul said, and after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. In other words, everyone in their churches who was still standing out of line, you know, they will punish, they will, they will punish them. Seven, look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Our own authority, eh, when we use it, builds you up. Paul is saying, not tear you down. So whatever authority you have, you have in the church, it should build people up. Hallelujah. Authority used correctly should build other believers up, not tear them down. Even in marriage, authority used should build each other up, not tear us down. See, so I will not be ashamed of using my, using my authority. Verse 9, I am not trying to frighten you by my letters. For some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak. 
and his speeches are worthless. <laughs> Those people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far off. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men would tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How arrogant. So one of the things you pay attention to, okay, when you read the epistles of Paul, is pay attention to what he confronted in his church. So for the, for the Corinthian church, it was more them comparing their ministers, those who had reached them, it was, you know, if you want to call it sexual immorality amongst some of them, and then food, people eating food offered unto idols, which would mean that they had, some of them go to those temples, okay? And that's why it said there is no fellowship. Light has with darkness, okay? So that was what he confronted with the Corinthian church. When we get to the Galatian church, after Corinthians, you will see that what it confronts with them is very different. Okay? Alright? So 13 says we would not boast about things done outside our, our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within, within the boundary of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is walking. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 24. If you want to boast boast only only about the lord when people commend themselves it doesn't count for much eh? it counts for very little when people commend themselves the important thing is for the lord to commend them that is the important thing the lord commenting them if the lord is not commending you sorry commending you ah it is exercise in futility all right so let's move to our next chapter second corinthians chapter 11 paul and 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 the first apostles and paul had struggles with many false prophets and false apostles says i hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness please bear with me for i am jealous for for I am jealous for you. He says, please bear with me. Verse 2. For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. But I fear that some, somehow 
your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Mm. Verse 4, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you, you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. Verse 5, Paul says, But I don't consider myself inferior in any way to these super apostles who teach such things. I may be unskilled as a speaker. Paul wasn't unskilled as a speaker. <laughs> I, may, I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I am not lacking in knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every every possible way. Seven, when was I wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting anything in return? I robbed other churches by accepting their contribution so I could serve you at no cost. Was that was Paul wrong? No. Nine, and when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I did not become a financial burden to anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me all that I needed. I have never been a burden to you and never will be. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all of Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because, because I don't love you, God knows that I do. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servant also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Yes, they will get it. Then next, Paul talks about his many trials. Again, I say, I don't think that I am a fool to talk like this, but even if you do, listen to me. As you listen to me as you would to a foolish person, while I also boast a little. Such boasting is not from the Lord, but I am acting like a fool. And since others boast about their human achievements, I will too. Verse 19, after all, you think you are, you are so wise, but you enjoy putting up with fools. You put up with it when someone enslaves you, takes everything you have, takes advantage of you, takes control of everything and slaps you in the face. I'm ashamed to say that we've been too weak to do this. But whatever they dare to boast about, I am talking like a fool again. I dare, I dare to boast about it too. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder 
been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again five different times. The Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Remember when they stoned him to death, right? When they thought that and they dragged him all around the city thinking that he had died. And then the believers gathered around him and Paul stood up. Paul said, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Three times now. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Ha! 26. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers, danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Imagine all of Paul's boasting. But Paul was trying to get them to understand that look. Ah, if there is a mark of someone who is an apostle, I have it. Okay, both spiritual and physical marks to show. 28, it says, Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concerns for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling? My who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. How many of us can do this? How many of us can actually choose to boast in our weaknesses? Most people don't put their weak foot forward or put their weakness, you know, in view for everyone to see because that is all people will talk about. That's what they are looking for anyway, your weaknesses. But Paul says, look, I would not boast if I, if you knew everything I have gone, gone through because of the church, you will be worshipping me. Yes. However, if my own boaster is going to be, it's going to be in in my weaknesses and yes Paul shares it with them he says if I must boast I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am God the father God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ who is worthy of eternal praise knows I am not lying when I was in Damascus the governor under King Aretas Aretas kept guard at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall to escape him. Okay? So, sincerely, Paul did not need to do this, but he was, in a sense, forestalled because of those who were questioning his authority as an apostle. Next, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's run now. Paul's vision and his tongue in the flesh this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up in the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. 
Okay, so this tells you how long all of his missionary journeys have been. So it says that, look, okay, so let's read through and then you have a good idea the period he's talking about. Since I was in my body, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and had things so outstanding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. And he will explain this period. He says that experience is worth boasting about. But I I, am not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I am going to boast, I will be no fool in doing so because I will be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Do you see that? Very humble guy. He wrote half of the, of the New Testament we read today. He said, I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. What this messenger of Satan is, um, the Bible really does not tell us. But but some say that Paul was was a bit sickly, okay? And that was the, the check for him to always put his total trust in God. But Paul says that 14 years ago, okay, and so that would have had to be the time where where he went away, and he will explain it when we get to the book of Galatians at the book start of the book of Galatians, where he went away, you know, to, to retreat and get to understand what God was telling him before he came to you know and started preaching, preaching the good news. He says three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, talking about the weakness. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. God's power works best in weaknesses. See, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insult, hardship, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How many of us can think like this? That your weakness, your weaknesses can be an opportunity. Your, your mess, your test, the test that you have been failing again and again. This mess that looks like oh, this is the scandal that people will use to destroy you. Paul says that, look, that is what I will magnify, my weaknesses. So that people can see that I'm a human being like them. And they can put their trust instead in God. If God can save someone like me, oh, surely he can, he can save he can save all of everyone else. So for when I am weak, then I am strong. Next, Paul's concern for the Corinthians. You have made me act like a fool. You ought to be writing commendations for me, for I am not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am, I am nothing at all. When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle. 
for I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. The only thing I failed to do, which I do in the other churches, was to become a financial burden to you. Please forgive me for this, for this wrong. Now I am coming to you for the third time. So you see that? Yes, the first one was his first missionary journey. Remember I said he, he did a quick dash in. And that second visit was not, was not nice. It was not good because that was when he now had to write his, his, his first epistle and had to rebuke them because of all the mess he saw, he saw in their church churches. And then when he got that report, you know, and got that report from, from the believer that visited, was it from the house of Chloe, came to you know, visited and told him all that was happening and how the letter was, you know, sh- that letter shook the whole church. That was when he now sent Titus before he's now, he now wants to go a third time. See, now I'm coming to you for the third time. And I will not be a burden to you. I don't want what you have. I want you. After all, children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you. Even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. 16. Some of you admit I was not a burden to you. But others still think I was sneaky and took advantage of you by trickery. But how did any of the men I sent to you take advantage of you? When I urged Titus to visit you and sent other brothers with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. Verse 19, perhaps... You think we are saying these things just to defend ourselves? No, we tell you this as Christ's servant and with God as our witness. witness, Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. For I am afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I am afraid that I will find... I I am afraid that I will find quarreling jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I am afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence, and I will be grieved because of many of you, because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. Hallelujah. Alright, so let's read the final chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul's final advice. So, you saw the end of, of chapter 12, right? He, he addresses the things that he was contending with the church, church for sexual immoralities, bad behavior, comparing their leaders with one another. Those were the things he confronted in the Corinthian church. Paul's final advice, this is the third time I am coming to you, and as the scripture says, the fact of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That is in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15, 
verse 2 says, I have already warned those who have been sinning. Okay? Not those who, those who just committed sin. Those who have been sinning. I've made it an I've made it habitual. I have I have already warned those who have been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just as I did before, that next time I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak. When he deals with you, he is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak just as Christ was, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Yes, it is the responsibility of everyone personally to examine themselves. Paul says, examine yourself, verse 5, to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourself, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. Verse 7, we pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. Verse 8, For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are eager to to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. Yes. We pray that you will become mature. Verse 10, I'm writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I, when I do come, for I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Pause final greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with, this, with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be, will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, Paul's signature, again, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Okay? If you want to put amen, that's fine. If you don't want to, there's no amen there actually. Okay? It's just a prayer. Ah, okay. So that concludes the book of Second Corinthians. And I have been really impressed at, about, at the speed at which we have been going. Uh, but again, let's just round this up by paying attention to the things that Paul was dealing with in this church. Okay, and you will agree with me that the, the Corinthian church is a lot like the average church that you will see today. Okay, but Paul encourages them to examine themselves, test themselves, check, do a check. You have to check to be, to be sure that your faith in God is genuine. 
And I ask this morning, is your faith, your total trust in God, is, this, is it genuine or, or not? Or is this faith just about going to church? Is this faith just about just, just looking the path, looking like others? Okay, at least I, 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 live, I live home on Sundays to go, to go to church and clap my hands with the believers. It has to be more than that. Each one of us must do the test and check that our faith is genuine. Remember, the Bible says the just shall live by his faith. Not the faith of anyone, his own faith. And I pray this morning, your faith in God will grow stronger and stronger. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will know this God for yourself. When you call on him, you will know for yourself that he answers you. That's my prayer for you this morning. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.